1: Oh my gosh. Hello. Hello. Before we get started today, we just need to tell you a couple of things. Yes.
3: The first being, if you are a Patreon supporter at any level, you can join us next Monday, April 24th at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time to watch together with us surprise the very episode we are about to engage in discussion on. It's going to be real fun. Uh, everyone over there will get the link. We will all watch together. We can discuss. We can, you know, cover our mouths in shock and awe. Mm. It'll be great. You can find out all about that over at patreon.com slash bufferingcast.
1: Yeah, and also, when you're done listening to this episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer, might I recommend that you listen to a recent episode of Mo Welch's fabulous podcast, Come Out, Come Out, featuring a very special guest whose voice you might recognize. It's Kristen Russo, my wife.
3: Wow. Thank you so much. Yeah, you did such a great job. I had such a great time. And Mo
1: did such a great job. Mo is
3: a great host. Uh, And the podcast is all about, uh, you might have guessed it, coming out. Mm -hmm. So you'll hear all about my coming out story and process and journey. And it's a barrel of laughs and a good time all around. Hell yeah. Yeah. So check that out after you listen to this, maybe. Please. And one more thing before we jump into the episode, we just want to let you know that at the end of this episode, we have a special interview that we did with our friend Carolyn Yates, who works at Autostraddle as the NSFW, not suitable for work, editor, uh, as well as the literary editor. She is a sexpert on many, many planes of existence. We'll talk to you more about all of her experience, but we wanted to let you know that we're pretty excited to have collaborated with her on some of our thoughts about Surprise.
1: Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, you cannot stop us. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. (laughs) And I
3: am Kristen Russo. And this week, we are talking about season two, episode 13, Surprise. (laughs) Stay tuned to the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us, recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. Surprise was written by
1: my friend and yours, Marty Noxon, and directed by Michael Lang. It originally aired on January 19th, 1998.
3: Oh, Lang is my mother's maiden name. Maybe I'm related to this. So there's an E at the end. Dang it! <laughs> this is the one where, <clears throat> to give Buffy a surprise on her 17th birthday, Drusilla and Spike bring together the body parts of a dismembered demon who cannot be killed. Jenny, how would you summarize this episode? This is the episode where Buffy and Angel have sex,
1: duh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also, are Spike and Drew doing that
3: for Buffy's birthday? Is that what's going on? I mean, they're having a party. That's why I remember I asked you, I was like, is it Drew's birthday too? Like, because there's a lot of focus around it being a party.
1: Yeah, but they don't really hit it too hard. Like, they don't sort of nail that. But, uh, <laughs> but but something gets nailed by the end of the episode. So. And,
3: and there is the first of many ridiculous sex jokes you will hear throughout the course da-ba-da, of the hour. Da-ba-da, <laughs> uh, listen, everything's fine. I am excited that we are here. We have been thinking about this episode. You have been thinking about. Everybody has been thinking about this episode since we began. I think. Mm. I mean, this well, is except the people who haven't seen the show before, except for you. And now, welcome. You are here with us. And next week, you'll be here with us, too. Great talk. Hell yeah. (laughs) Or hell no. Who knows?
1: (laughs) Or hell mouth. (laughs) Um, so, yes. Well, Buffy sleeps in silk
3: pajamas. Buffy sleeps in silk pajamas. Or she appears in silk pajamas in her own lucid dream. Right, right, right. Well, Buffy is, I mean, you know, this is a big theme throughout the episode. Her silk pajamas are white silk. Mm-hmm. Her dress later on in, in the second dream sequence is a white silk dress. Yep, 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 she yep, is yep. wearing a white jacket. Yes. I don't know if you know. What does that symbolize? What the color white symbolizes? I can't remember it, but it symbolizes
1: something that has not yet been tarnished yes
3: or marred a, or a perhaps touched. a chaste mm. virginal mm, daiquiri <laughs> <laughs> oh my pina god your colada yeah. favorite jenny's favorite cocktail to get in the entire world is a pina colada well it's just do you it, like it has a lot colada? yeah it has a lot
1: going for it. the pina colada first of all it's a slushy, so it's Great, uh-huh. ideal drink format. Second of all, <laughs> it's basically dis- just for the record.
3: I disagree, but faux coconut <laughs> flavored. Uh-huh.
1: And third of all, there's that amazing song.
3: Uh-huh.
1: Okay, and just I, I wasn't talking about this this song on the podcast before? no we have not can we just like briefly touch on the fact <laughs> yes where that, everyone thought we were going to go with the episode <laughs> surprise <laughs> a deep discussion into the context i just of the pina i colada feel like song. not enough people know what this song is about and i have taken no, it on no, as my I, sacred duty one girl in all the world yes she alone yes has the strength yes. and perseverance yes. to spread the plot of the pina colada <laughs> song ahead, Jenny, i'm giving far and you wide
3: 30 seconds go
1: Oh my god, this guy is like, oh, I've been married to this woman forever, and oh, it's like, you know, the fire has gone out or whatever. Maybe just on a lark, I'll place a personal ad, and the personal ad is like, do you like pina coladas? And so on, right? And then he, like, gets a response to the, pers- the pina colada personal ad, and whoa, he, like, gets ready to go on a date with this person, and then he goes to the date, and he turns he's on a date with his wife, his wife! responded to his personal ad they were both getting ready to cheat on each other and found out that they had more in common and more fire remaining Your in their 30 love. 30 seconds is up. Than they even
3: realized. But you did a great job. Thank you. And there you have it. And that's our discussion of the episode surprise. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Bye. Uh, great. <laughs> let's talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, shall Okay, we?
1: listen. It's really, uh, it's so great. Buffy gets out of bed. She walks down her hall, Drusilla whooshes into the hallway behind her with just a tiny drop of blood sliding out of the side of her mouth, Mm -hmm. and then Buffy opens a door in her house, and the door, of course, goes into the bronze, where- people are partying and I just want to say this is not the only dream sequence that has been created within the Mm verse, and it's one of the things that I think uh really they just
3: crush yeah so hard this is really powerful so hard so many it's like really all in the details I mean I guess you could say that about anything but like these details are so perfectly placed it's so a dream it's like the fuck it's just they yeah. No, they do a great job. we see right Willow at first. This is pre- this is pretty fun because we see Willow and Jenny, she's speaking in French you learned and, right, and right, the right, translation right. of what she says in like what she's saying in French is what?
1: Uh, well she's saying, well I can't say it in French. That's just a lost cause. But the English translation is the hippo stole your trousers. This refers back to her conversation with Oz near the end of What's My Line Part 2 in which, intentionally absurd, he wonders if the hippo animal cracker is jealous because the monkey is the only animal cracker with pants and asserts
3: all monkeys are French. And so here we have Willow speaking in French. There's a monkey on the table. She's referencing this line. The monkey doesn't have pants. She's saying the hippo stole your pants. Which is interesting because as we unpack, like, you know, one of the big plot pieces in this episode is is Buffy's dream a premonition or is it just a dream, right? Right, right and, right, and, like, that fact right there alone, Buffy was not privy to that conversation between Oz and Willow. No. Nope, right. Nope. So that kind of points to this being more of a Leans, premonition yeah, than mm-hmm. a dream. I mean, we, whatever, we all know it was a premonition. I thought it... <laughs> the way you were going to a- end
1: the sentence, what's interesting about that is, was uh, a hippo couldn't possibly
3: wear a monkey's <laughs> pants because they're very different sizes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I really took a turn. I took a turn <laughs> from where you thought I was going, um, and the the other piece of this dream that I. Fucking love is Joyce with this plate. Oh. Which yeah. is, you know, also the thing that we see in reality. One of the pieces that is like starting to click together in Buffy's mind. This was not a dream, this was a premonition. Um, but but Joyce, she drops that little saucer mm-hmm. and she turns around. It's just so creepy. And she's still holding her hand as though the plate is still resting on yeah. it after it's fallen. Great job. Great job, everyone. And then Buffy sees Angel from and across the room. This is this is some of the best acting we've seen Sarah Michelle Geller do. Great. Face like incredible face. This this reminds me of. Um, have you ever seen the movie Unfaithful with Diane Lane? You made me watch it, and of course I did. I, I think it's some of the best acting. Mm. Diane Lane's acting. So, so I, Diane Lane. Spoiler alert for Unfaithful. <laughs> 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 A movie from 2002 Diane Lane cheats on her husband and she's like having this moment which is kind of akin to like the first time you have sex it's like where you're or anytime you have like good sex I guess um where you ha- you have it and then you- later you're replaying it in your mind and you're kind of like giddy and you kind of can't keep it together and she Diane Lane has this scene on the train riding back where she's like she keeps seeing flashes of this sex that she has just had with this man in New York City, and it's like whatever. And her face acting is incredible. It's so incredible. If you haven't seen the movie, you should watch it um, just for Diane Lane's face acting in that one scene alone. (laughs) Um, But Buffy, or Sarah Michelle Gellar, really nails this in this moment. I mean, Mm -hmm. her face barely moves. It's like the tiniest little moves in her face, and you know exactly what she's feeling, Yeah, and and of course who she's seeing.
1: Yes. And then... Drusilla pops up and kills Angel. (laughs) Ta-da! Okay, so (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) During this scene, when whatever song is playing in the background is playing, like, I kept, both times that we watched it, I was like, is this Rhodes by Portishead? No, it's not. Is this Rhodes by Portishead? No, it's not. That's the Portishead song that's like,
0: (laughs) How can it feel (laughs)
1: this way? Uh, In this moment. You know the one. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about out there. Globe. Uh, But it's not that song, but I feel like they really wanted that song, but it just didn't end up working. Maybe the license was too expensive, or maybe Portishead is like, we don't license things because we are very cool.
3: One Uh, day, one day when we have Marty Knoxon or Joss Whedon on our podcast, we can ask them that very important question. Yes. What song did you want for the Yeah, we'll get some (laughs) answers. Hell yeah. Uh, So, okay. So the credits happen. Oh, yeah. Get get the credits. Great. Great. Have a good time. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Now we're mm -hmm. out of the credits. And here we have um, Buffy and Angel because Buffy has run to Angel's house because she's panicked, right? And yeah, She's yeah, like, yeah. I had this dream. I don't think it was a dream. And this is really interesting to me because Angel, and I don't know if it's just like Angel is saying like it was just a dream because he wants her to be calm, but like he's going to look into it. but. Angel and Giles have like a markedly different response to Buffy being like, I had this dream and it scared me. Angel being like, listen, it's OK. It was just a dream. And Giles being like, yo, we should take this seriously and like put some thought into this because you're the slayer and like your dreams have more meaning.
1: Yeah. Well, how much do you think of that has to do with the fact that uh, specifically her dream was about
3: Angel dying. So Angel's like. Oh, so Angel's like, yeah, I, I'm you know, not it's gonna chill. die. I'm alive. Right, right. That's true. I've and how much for
1: 241 years? And you know? how much
3: of it do you think had to do with Angel being like, shut up and kiss me? And how
1: much of it do you think it had to do with Angel being like, I'm just hanging out in my apartment shirtless, <laughs> but I am wearing this long dangly necklace.
3: Also, he like puts his shirt on for her. Hell yeah.
1: Seems like the opposite of the I angel. I love when a guy puts a shirt on for me. Oh, right, but that's that's the
3: the opposite of his yeah, normal so the, vibe. A, the anti-angel putting a <laughs> shirt on? I've never thought of such a nonsense thing. Mm. So Buffy's like, what if, what if, what if? And then Angel kisses her to shut her up. Mm-hmm. You know, the best way to shut a woman up. Just kidding, guys. I... <laughs> <laughs> Um, One thing that we want to talk about in this scene, I think, is how many rings Buffy is wearing. So many Every ring. A ring on every finger. A ring on every finger. And I said to Jenny, because she was like, look at all those rings. And I was like, yeah, didn't you have a ring on every finger in the 90s? And yes, you did. Yes, I did. And so did I. Everybody did. Of course. Jenny boasted, actually, about her thumb ring. Yeah, I had a (laughs) thumb boast. You did. You (laughs) were like, I even had. (laughs) A thumb ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my tone <laughs> and meaning. Yes, correct. You were like, hold on. I got to tweet about I this. I even... I got to tell everybody <laughs> that I, had, Jenny O'Neill Youngs, had a thumb ring. I even had a clotter ring. Did you have a I ring? I didn't. I was going to ask you if you wow. had a clodder ring. I did not have a ring. I did. Ring. Did somebody give it to you or did you just want to have it on your hand for fun? I think I just wanted to have it on my hand for fun. Did you wear it in particular ways to symbol where you were at in your relationship status? Yeah,
1: of course. Oh, I'm so sorry. Always yeah. single. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
3: Yeah, what direction do you put it in if you're single and ready to mingle? That's the point down. Uh, the heart down heart facing out, pointing out. you. Okay.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> so, great. So, Buffy's all like, the part at the end of the night where we
3: have to say goodbye
1: is getting harder.
3: Wow, that's great acting, Jenny. <laughs> Thank
1: you. <laughs> and Angel's like, it's getting harder for me, too. Yeah. And, and then Kristen was like, <laughs> getting harder. Yeah, sorry, guys. Great. <laughs> um, and then Willow's hat. Listen, someone murdered Grimace and turned him into Willow's hat. Skinned
3: him and took the top of his head, rolled it (laughs) up, popped it on Willow's head. What is... What? 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 Oh, it's so good. It's so good. That ain't right. Buffy and Willow have this great conversation about how Buffy is going to do it. Buffy's like, I think I'm ready. Yeah. And Willow's like, wow. Wow. Yes. Wow. So many... Wow. Yes. So many wows. It's so cute. Willow is so adorable in this scene. Buffy is very, like, very sexual in this scene, talking about sex. Mm. She's like, well, you know, when you blah, 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 (laughs) you just have to seize it. I think we're ready to (laughs) seize it. And we're like, Buffy, we get it. We get it. Okay, we know you want to put his penis in your vagina. Whoa, 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 whoa. Kids listen to this podcast. (laughs) Sorry. Also, I should add that Penis and vagina is not the only way to define sexual intercourse. So, there. Good. So then we've got this great conversation
1: between Willow
3: and Oz. Yes. Oh, before we get to Willow and Oz, I just want to say I really liked the callback here of Willow being Willow saying to Buffy, like, well, carpe diem. That's oh, what you told me that one time. In the pilot of this show. Yeah. yeah that's that's, that's, that's that what was. Willow said. Yeah. Do you remember in the pilot? Um, <laughs> but I thought that was fun. Anyway, so Willow and Oz. This is adorable. This is the best. Yeah. Uh, framing
1: the fact that you're about to ask someone out. Like, just, like, letting them know and telling them, you know, as a friend that you're, like, I'm, like, having this this uh, anxiety right now about um, the fact that I'm going to ask you out a minute. And I'm, like, pretty nervous about it. Yeah. And then, and then
3: Willow's perfect response. Yeah. Well, I just want you to know that when you do ask, I'm going to say yes. Ah! So cute. This is, like, something I would write on Everyone is Gay for advice. Yes, yes, yes. When somebody was, sweet. like, how do I ask out my friend? I'm so nervous. I'd be, like, you should ask her if you can ask her out. Yeah, you know it's cute. It's cute. Oh, so so okay. So Angel and Buffy are like hot and heavy. Willow and Oz are cute and adorable. And then we got to the other couple. Oh, geez. My note is, oh, these two. Yeah, (laughs) Cordelia and Xander at the locker. Xander's bringing his feelings to the locker. He's saying, "Listen, this thing is happening between us. The surprise party is happening. I think we should go as a couple." And listen. Props to Xander Mm -hmm. for being the more emotionally
1: in touch one of the pair of them. Yes, But of course, it's easy, (laughs) as Cordelia notes, for him to be that half of the dynamic because, as she puts it, he has nothing
3: to to be be ashamed ashamed of. of. So a burn, a serious burn by Cordelia, and then Xander immediately casts aside this emotional maturity fair because he's just been burned but he calls he names the person that had that emotional maturity mm. uh, idiot jed yeah so <laughs> when will we next see idiot when? jed i hope i like idiot jed yeah it turns out idiot idiot Jed, jed, jed comes around. Is, an, is a better version i think of the of the xander that we know <laughs> yeah the xander that we know Scores some points by calling Giles a funky party weasel, and then immediately loses those points by saying, "Um, are you ready for your pre-birthday spanking?" Boo! This made me uncomfortable, and you Didn't know love what? it. It made everyone in the scene uncomfortable. Everyone in the, <laughs> everyone in the scene with Xander is not happy with Xander. Yes. Jenny Calendar is like, "Fuck off!" Giles is like, "Fuck off!" and Buffy is like, "Oh, fuck off!" <laughs> Xander is really, come on, man, come on, man. Xander is holding a place in line for the patriarchy. The patriarchy? Yes. Yeah, indeed. It was like a question and a declaration <laughs> all at once. And the thing, like, here's the thing. Because we know that there are people out there that are like, oh, so Cordy gets to turn around and be a total jerk. And you give her a pass. And then Xander, blah, 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 blah. Fine. Okay. We get it. But Xander's pattern, it's becoming very established here. Xander's pattern is that Xander says a nice thing, does a nice thing. Yes. And then the moment that that nice thing is not received the way he would like or his uh desire is not returned, he gets really angry and he does shit that's fucked up. So, we're going to call him out on that, you guys. I'm sorry if you want something else, you must go somewhere else. But also, just
1: to toss this on the table as well while we're talking about Xander and women, Later in the episode when they're doing round robin and calling around to all their parents saying they're staying at somebody else's house, Xander calls home and has to, like, tell his mom who he is. Yes. Like, his mom doesn't even realize... You know, we we we're getting a clear picture of Xander's home life. Yes.
3: And the amount of neglect that seems to be going on. It's not like
1: this behavior comes out of
3: nowhere. Right. And that's like not to take us down another Xander wormhole. But like, you know, there's something important about the fact that we separate. We do our best to separate. The like actions that are happening here and how we feel about the actions, and also like where those actions are rooted in, and the fact that there's a larger system at play. We've said this here before, right? right but it's, right. It, it bears repeating. I'm sure we'll repeat it again. That right, Xander's coming from a place. of – I mean, Xander is also living inside of where Jenny.
1: The patriarchy? You got it.
3: Whew. Nailed it. I was like, <laughs> right. So, anyway, moving on, we will, I'm sure that someday we will spend at least one solid hour speaking about our feelings on Xander. No and doubt. The patriarchy. But, but in the meantime, in let's the talk meantime, about good
1: old HPV, Harry H-
3: Potter vampire. Yes. HPV, back on the scene. HPV's biggest episode to date. Uh-huh. Great, great work all around by HPV. Drusilla is, now we mentioned Drusilla in the dream, but Drew is back. And she is strong. Very strong. And oh boy, oh oh boy. Spike's got wheels. Drew is very powerful. Mm -hmm. She's licking his face burn. She's licking his burns. She's like flipping out all left and right. Now, I would not, I would not allow this episode to happen without us all getting to sit together and, and listen to our wonderful Drusilla as she looks at the flowers for her party.
2: These flowers are wrong. They're all wrong. I can't abide them.
0: Let's try something different with the flowers then.
2: So,
3: oh boy. (laughs) Juliette Landau is so great. God, she's incredible. She, I mean, she might be one of my top, top, top favorite actors on this show, Juliet Landau. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is incredible. Also, it reminded me, I, I told you this, Jenny, but, um... I thought it was interesting, like, that she's flipping out over the flowers, which seem to be red roses, I think, Mm -hmm. Um, because it reminded me of the Alice in Wonderland, right, painting the roses red, and the queen, who's like, you know, the the whole character of the queen in Alice in Wonderland is that she's a bit batty, Um, and and she loses her mind over the roses not being the roses that she wanted, because they painted them red. They're not real red roses, Mm -hmm. the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I just felt like there was a parallel here. Oh, yeah. Uh, The long and short of it being Drusilla, oh, my God, you're the best, and you'd get your jingle now, but we're going to wait, because there's a lot of other things you do in this episode that are phenomenal yeah meanwhile meanwhile Joyce drops her plate Joyce drops the plate right after
1: Buffy spends a few minutes putting about a gajillion bangles onto her wrist
3: I guess they're not properly yeah that bangles. was I totally rocked out the bangles just a gajillion in the night 90- oh, Yo, yeah on and arm. like jelly bracelets too remember jelly bracelets? I remember jelly bracelets. Jelly, bracelets. jelly bracelets were like an 80s thing and then they got cool again when Gwen Stefani uh, did her music video for don't speak no. Wow. Just Cause she's wearing jelly bracelets. Okay. Whatever. Yep. yep um so, yep. W- right. So now it's Buffy's birthday. Joyce drops the plate. We're lear- we're getting closer and closer to, of course, knowing that this is not a dream. This shit's happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we go to Jenny Calendar. Oh, uh oh. My gigapet is sad, Jenny. Why? I didn't mean to interrupt this podcast, but I want to let everyone know that based on my inspiration from Bad Eggs, um, I bought myself a gigapet. Um, his name is Chicken. He's a cat and he's (laughs) sad all the time. So it just brought him to life just a couple moments ago and he's feeling sad. He's just real sad. So I don't know. You you. I was about to talk about Jenny calendar. So maybe you should talk about Jenny calendar for a minute while I tend to chicken. Yeah, you tend to chicken the cat. I'll let our listeners so needy.
1: Yeah. And you already have a wife. Right. Yeah, I get sad.
3: It's just like you're a stuff. cat,
1: man. You know what I mean? Cats like, don't need things. Mm. It's a unique cat. Anyway, I'm going to feed him. Okay, you feed Chicken, and I'll tell our wonderful listeners about what happens next. We go to the computer lab, where Jenny L- Calendar receives a visit from a mysterious man in a floppy hat. You may remember him as the subway ghost from Ghost. You may remember him as Lanny from the Humbug episode of The X-Files. <laughs> wow.
3: Uh but here he is Uncle Anyos. Ennios, I think. Enios. I'm sorry Uncle Ennios. Uh yeah and there's a big sorry I just in case you're worried about chicken, how's how's chicken? I put chicken to sleep. I don't know how Gigapet's work. So I just that seemed to be the thing <laughs> you, that would You put your pet to sleep? Oh, that's really bad wording on my part. He's you put sleeping. Put pet to bed. Okay. I put him to bed. I put okay, him to okay. bed. Uh so that I could talk about Uncle Ennios. We recorded this episode on Wednesday, April 12th, one week ago. Chicken lived until Friday, April 14th, (laughs) 2017. R.I.P. Chicken. We hardly knew ye. Back to talking about Uncle Enya's. So this is a big reveal here, right? Jenny Callender is uh, of the Romani people. Jenny Mm -hmm. Callender is not her actual name. Her actual name is Yana. Uh, of the Calder of the Calderash, Calderash people,
1: and uh, we learn that she is apparently in Sunnydale in the capacity of sort of monitoring Angel and making sure that he's miserable because yeah. her people are the people mm-hmm. who cursed him
3: and reinsold him. Right, right. And so before we go before we go forward with more conversation around Jenny Calendar and this whole thing, we we just want to talk about the fact that um, Uncle Enyo's uses so he he talks about the Calderash people. And then immediately after that, says like, you're a gypsy. Um, and that is a word that is super problematic, um, for a lot of reasons. And so we just wanted to take a second. Um, someone sent us, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but this really incredible book called, um, Joss Whedon and race that has a it's a, a collection of
1: essays. Yeah,
3: it's a, it's a collection of, of essays. And this essay is called Representations of the Roma in Buffy and Angel. And it is by Katya Um And so I just want to read a couple pieces of it um, to sort of contextualize this moment that happens. And it's not the first moment. We also saw some of this in um, Angel in season one.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So,
3: first of all, just to give a little context on the Roma, uh, now I'm quoting from the article. The Roma are a people who originated in northern India, entered Europe at the end of the 13th century, and who speak or are descended from ancestors who spoke the Romani language. Uh, The Roma were seen as an excludable other from almost the first moment that they entered Europe. The term gypsy, historically applied to the Roma by English speakers, is both inaccurate since it is derived from their imagined origin in Egypt and problematic because it has accrued a pejorative resonance from the long history of marginalization, persecution, and racism to which the Roma have been subjected. Um, and so, you know, to give you like a snapshot, some of you may already know this, but the uh, the Roma people um, have... have faced slavery um, in what is now Romania. Um, they were nearly exterminated entirely by the Nazis during the Holocaust. Um, and many of them who uh, immigrated to America also um, faced prejudice and stereotypes and laws that targeted Roma. Um, this this article points out that those laws were on the books in some case until the 1980s. So that's a little bit of history that I think is helpful to know, because I think some of us, and myself included, like know that that's a word that you're not supposed to use, but I like didn't really have the history. Mm-hmm. This essay, um, it's great if you can get your hands on a copy of the book. We actually Googled the title of the article, Representations of the Roma and Buffy and Angel, and it pulled up um, the book, the the article in Google Books, and it looked like you could read if. If not all of it, um, a really good portion of it. But if you can get your hands on the book, I would highly recommend it. We, yeah. we have not finished it yet, but everything that we've read in it has been really incredible and really eye-opening and really important. Um, and so, you know, uh, Katia talks in the article about the fact that um, there, there is, there's a problematic nature in the fact that um, this term is used so often in like television and cinema, to because of its very direct connection in our minds as like this word means this thing because the Roma people and the word gypsy um, were was associated so closely with like thievery and casting of spells and like um, you know all these things that are often associated. With people on the margins uh, mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. and so um, what? What she points out here, which I found really interesting, was that the the research was done here for this. Uncle to use the the proper name of um, the specific part of the Roma people that Jenny and himself belong to the Calderash, um, but then right after it he says this word Gypsy and and she suggests that perhaps that word is being used um, to to like let everybody know oh by the way in case you didn't know what this meant this is what it means which is so problematic mm-hmm. um, because it does exactly that thing that we said um, you know I mean first of all it's not it's not an appropriate word to use but second of all it like brings up all of these images that we've been sort of shown over and over again especially in in the U.S. in cinema and um, in movies and such mm-hmm. uh, in a way that's unfortunate. You are doing you are just crushing it. I'm just going to finish with a little quote um, from the article, uh, which which says, it's disappointing that a show that was said to have, quote, a real commitment to and respect for the intelligence of its viewers, end quote, chose to leave the viewer with an inaccurate, problematic term, thereby reinforcing rather than subverting Western cinematic stereotypes. Exactly. So I thought this was a really cool analysis, and, you know, I think we're here in a space where we can talk about some of the problematic pieces of the show and still love the show. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But this is important, and we get to revisit it and we get to sort of unpack like the fact that this term was used and um, why it, it might have been used and why it's really problematic in the first place. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. again, if you can get your hands on that article, I would go for it um, and read it and learn. Uh, and in the meantime... In the meantime, the elder woman says
1: his pain is lessening. Yeah. Jenny Callender searches her mind for what the cause of that lessening of pain could be and delivers the answer to her uncle...
3: There's a girl, and his immediate response is, How could you let this happen? Yeah. How could you let this happen? Yeah. And this, this, like, okay, Jenny Calendar has not given us a moment's notice. Like, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we've she hasn't, seen nothing. She has been like, Oh man, Buffy! You got crushed out. A- like she's been like, yeah. what? Like she for- fully forgot why she was there. She was like, "I'm I'm in love with Giles, <laughs> yeah. Angel, and Buffy. This is great. I love Gavin computers. Her, just like hanging out. I believe the actress who plays
1: Jenny Callender and the actress who plays Cordelia are the same age. Yeah, I think we did fine. or
3: very close, if not the same. Just worth yeah. noting. So, so it makes
1: sense that she just wants to like
3: hang with the gals yeah. and talk about <laughs> boys and cast some bones on the internet. <laughs> um so yeah but this is a big plot this is a big plot point um that we see really just introduced in this episode we don't really see much more come of this um apart from thinking that johnny calendar is gonna murder buffy later but in the apparently episode.
1: she's just taking buffy
3: to a surprise party. yeah but she's she's but in, a, the in the creepiest possible way. way and like this is a weird uh, uh, robia Lamorte. is that how you say the actress's name I've never heard it it said aloud by anyone who would know for sure. Some facts that we should probably know, but don't. Um, But I just, I was a little frustrated with her acting in this episode. It Um, just felt very inconsistent
1: with everything we've seen up to this point. But maybe she's shook. I guess I
3: don't know. I don't have excuses for it. I think I just was not I was not satisfied. The look that she gives as Buffy like walks to her car to drive away. It was like <laughs> if you're just bringing her to the surprise party, why did you like why take do you the look like to a give serial murderer? Murder yeah. yeah. Like, come on, man.
2: As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify.
0: That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind.
2: This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing
0: to become New York's king of the egg cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
3: But yeah, so a big plot point there. Another huge plot point is Willow's dog shirt. I don't yeah, that Scotty Dog sweater, that what is up, is a great sweater. If anyone ever sees that sweater on a rack somewhere in a Salvation Army or elsewhere, please, please send it to me. I will wear it with such pride and joy. Uh, but don't ever send me the hats. I don't want the hats. I don't want to know them. Don't want to have them on my head. Um, so how about this surprise party? Um, I have a lot to say about it. Yeah. First of all,
1: Buffy's fighting the vamps. In the alleyway, and then her entrance to the bronze is uh she crashes through the big window that's she behind loves the that. stage. She loves a good now, window crash. Dig it. We okay. haven't we haven't met him quite yet in the episode, mm-hmm. but the judge is coming, and the judge is portrayed by Brian Thompson, Woo! who previously played Luke.
3: Yeah. The
1: last time that window got broken. <gasps> was in season 1 episode 2, wow, The Harvest. Wow. When Buffy tricks Luke into thinking that sunlight's about to come through the window and that's how she kills him. What a brain. What, what a great connection. Up. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> we're throwing you a surprise party. The guest list is four peers, yeah. four students, yeah.
0: two teachers,
1: <laughs> and one bicentennial vampire.
3: Listen, a Slayer circle is small, small but mighty. <laughs> That's what we have here, but you know, I just <laughs> the lighting. I just really feel like they could have maybe put a CD on, you know, just like, yeah, just anything to make it like a little more festive. Although the, <laughs> there's a shot of the pool table, which they're using as the snacks table, uh-huh. and I really got a kick out of the fact that they like. You know, they have purple and white napkins. And they were like, oh, I know. We'll take purple and then white and then purple and then white and then purple (laughs) and then white. They had it all set up. And then they were like, the table looks a little empty. I know. Let's take the balls from the pool table and put them in like a nice scattered them about like a constellation. Yeah. (laughs) as
1: decor. So we also, uh, the scene also serves to introduce Oz to the fact that vampires are real. And he is... Not phased.
3: No, he's not. Oh,
1: not phased. No, not phased. What an interesting so choice of So he's just like, oh, what's up? Mm-hmm. That explains a lot. Yeah. Then. They open up the
3: crate that the vampires were uh, trucking around outside. Which they did with such abandon. it was like They were like, sure, why not? Yeah, well, let's open this thing and not, like, I just felt like, guys, come on. Like, maybe don't just throw it open. Maybe- I just feel like in other scenarios, they're like, well, proceed will you- with caution. Yeah, you don't want to open this thing. We should look it up. Like, we should fucking take it to the lab. I don't <laughs> know.
1: Do something. But instead, they
3: just throw it open and Buffy immediately gets throttled by a disembodied arm. Yeah, I referred to this in my notes, just so you know, as the glove box, which gave me a good trouble. It's the glove box. The old ha! glove box. I also want to say, I want to give a few shout-outs. Um, one, two, two, to Cordelia. Um, <laughs> Cordelia has two great moments in the surprise party. The first being when she jumps out after the whole thing (laughs) and says surprise great job Uh, Cordelia great job Cordelia and the second after the whole conversation about the glove and the whole she's like is anyone else gonna eat some cake yeah
0: I just love her (laughs) we know I love her she's Um, got her
3: priorities yes and the other the other thing I wanted to point out about the party is how happy Buffy is when she realizes that they've all done this for her it's like a really important moment um, a really nice moment where, like, you know, and Giles, we we kind of skipped over that, like the fact that Giles was like, you know what, guys, what I've learned living on the Hellmouth and like doing the work that I do is that when somebody turns seventeen, you celebrate it, even yeah. if we're all going to die a moment later. Like, you if you're if you're going to press pause every time something horrible is happening, you're never yep. going to get to do these great things, yep, which yep, yep. I think is an important life lesson, even if you don't live on a Hellmouth. Celebrate what you can when you can. Yes, exactly. So. So, we learn about the judge.
1: Angel puts it together very quickly. He's like, I'd recognize that disembodied arm anywhere. (laughs) She wouldn't. She couldn't. Drusilla, she's bananas. Oh, God. And then he's all like, I gotta go. Actually, Jenny Callender is like, Angel, you have to get that arm out of here. (laughs) And Angel's like, I gotta go. And Buffy's like,
3: But it's my birthday. Yeah. And then like Angel and Buffy are like looking lovingly into each other's eyes and, in- <laughs> and into the frame comes Jenny Calendar, and she's like, I'll drive you to the docks. And you're like, dude, <laughs> calm
1: down. Like take a breath. Yeah, I, can, think, you, you, I think the last time we saw that framing, Buffy was
3: talking to Owen and yeah, Angel and, and was Angel popping was, into the middle. it's yes, like, come on, Jenny. <laughs> like a come creep. Come on. Um, and so, right, so we learned, too, that the judge, right, has parts all over and that if the parts are all brought together, that he will live again. Yes, it um, is. Um, and we yes. also learn that the judge separates the righteous from the wicked um, and not in the way that, like, Jesus comes down in the bible to separate the righteous from the wicked. I don't know you guys. I'm just Did he come down or No, but like, you know, the like second com- the like second oh, coming whoa, whoa, is whoa, like whoa, he will whoa, come whoa. again and like separate the righteous from the wicked and uh-huh. like keep the righteous sheeps and goats and and send the wicked away. This the judge is the opposite. <laughs> the judge is like you are righteous, you are wicked. I keep you if you're wicked, if you're righteous goodbye. Yes, yes, um, yes So yes, that's yes. how the judge works and I want to talk about that in a, in a second. Um but first HPV gets his glasses stomped by Drusilla. Oh my God, I love this And then moment. she almost pokes his eyeballs out. Oh, and she has such a good time with it too, with her two little pointy fingers yeah, yeah, yeah. aimed at his eyeballs. Uh-huh. And then like the thing that she does with her arms when she decides not to poke them out, where she like wants to scare him anyway. Yeah. Really great. Really, really great. And she lets him free because as, as Spike says, he's one of the only vampires with half a brain. We probably should keep him right, around. Right, right. Good idea, good idea. Um, And then we go to the docks. Two the docks, to the docks, So the Sunnydale docks. At it's the corner of seventeen alleys on the yeah, sea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What? Exactly. <laughs> Where it's is just this? all
1: alleys and then the ocean? And then the
3: ocean. Um, it's Clotter ring
1: time, baby. <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh my god, that should be a ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: Clotter ring. Time.
1: Okay. Angel's like, "What's up, girl? I have to go, but let me give you this ring. It's two hands holding a heart, wearing a crown. And if you wear it with the first of all, he's like." friendship you know the hands are friendship yes.
3: the crown is
1: loyalty and the heart is you well, you know you know <laughs> this is
3: like let's just take a minute here for angel me being the whole episode me being like angel seriously like seriously <laughs> he's like i i <laughs> he says i and then pauses like 486 times get it together man <laughs> yeah 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 say what then, you mean mean what you say but it's
1: pretty slick that he's like if you wear it with a heart pointing towards you, it means you belong to somebody.
3: Mm-hmm. Like this.
1: Yeah. And he's already
0: wearing one like that.
3: <laughs> he's like, Buffy, you own me. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Buffy, I'm property. <laughs> I'm into it. Me, Kristen, I'm into it. I wasn't yeah, playing yeah. Buffy. I was playing Kristen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then he's like, I. And then it's like, vampire he's interrupted. interrupted. He, he says, Buffy. And then he pauses for four hours. And then he says, I. And then he pauses for four hours. And the vampire is like, you know, man, I was going to give you a chance to say what you were going <laughs> to say. But forget it. I just. But the vampire jumps down because yeah. he's very impatient. But before the vampire jumps down, I think something important in this exchange between Buffy and Angel is this um, conversation around, like, she doesn't want him to leave. And not because, like, she's going to miss him, although she will, but she doesn't want him to leave because she doesn't know the kind of life that both of them live. They don't know how long they're going to live. It's, like, a very Mm -hmm. specific thing. It's a very specific situation um, that I think has come up a couple of times already and will come up again where she's, like, we have to be realistic about the fact that you could, in six months, I might not be around anymore more you know my my life has threatened every episode of yeah the television yeah. she's like angel I'm in this tv series and every episode I almost die so yeah, yeah so. you never know what the writers are gonna do <laughs> yeah, they're unpredictable They're unpredictable um but I just thought that that was really important a really important piece of this whole thing um, right is like they're they're falling in love but the stakes and like you know we talked. oh boy <laughs> <laughs> but the, like we talked about this a little bit um earlier where, Sorry, off air. You weren't here for this part. But Jenny and I were talking about, like, the first time you fall in love, the first time you have sex and, like, the emotions that come along with that and how even without carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, you're you're really, like, in deep. Um, yeah. This is, like, one of the most overwhelming times in a person's life is the first time they fall in love because you don't know... Up from down. I mean, you're really just all over the map. Yeah. So we have that here, but it's it's like underpinned by this even deeper situation um, with their lives and their livelihood. So. Speaking
1: of lives and livelihood, mm-hmm. there they are fighting for their lives and livelihood. <laughs> Those three vampires that are on the docks, yeah. including HPV, who's grabbing the, the little crate. And... Um, there's some fighting, and somebody gets away with a crate, and then Buffy gets thrown in the water, and then Angel's uh, response is, Buffy! Yeah, like, And what? then he jumps in the water after her. Bro, it's
3: just the water. Yeah, he's like, Buffy can't swim. Like, I think Buffy can swim. I think they just wanted to get everybody... Wet. ...nice and wet. Uh, another theme in this episode... ...is wetness. Really? Hit it over the head. Yeah. They're like, oops, we fell in the ocean. Oops, the sewers sure are damp. Oops, (laughs) it's (laughs) pouring rain. Like, we get it. We get it. Buffy's in the library and she says, we got wet. Just in case we My missed word. the, we My get word. it. Everybody's getting wet. Okay. Oh, boy. My next note is, fuck you, Xander.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Xander has a particularly <laughs> shit moment he's like, where he's <laughs> detailing his fantasy vision of uh, Buffy and Angel's life together, where B- uh, Buffy is working at Denny's during the day, yeah. slaying by night. Angel has a blood belly, blood belly yeah. and um, the spark is gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Xander flies into town on his private jet, his private jet, and takes Buffy out to Prime Rib. And then the cherry on top yes. that he loves—that he's grinning, so happy. When he about. says, "Is,"
3: and she's crying. Like, guys, come on, not okay. Like, even up until like wishing that your wishing that your friend is unhappy is troublesome. Wishing that your friend is unhappy so that you can swoop in and be together with them. Still troublesome. Wishing that your friend is unhappy so you can swoop in and say, I'm happy. How about you? And watch them cry for pleasure is kind of fucked up, guys. It's kind of. It's a bummer. That is what underpins my note. Fuck you, Xander. Fuck you, Xander. So they do the round robin. Everybody's sleeping at everybody else's house. Xander's parents don't care where he is we learned that pretty briefly yep 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 um
1: Um, and um they're doing they're (laughs) doing in researching the judge they they come across the information that no weapon forged can kill him right
3: there's also a really great moment when angel tells everyone that buffy hasn't been sleeping well (laughs) (laughs) and everyone in turn yeah and he's like uh, she told you guys yeah come on man so yeah, and then something that I wanted to note: so we go from the because Buffy's sleeping, so we go into the second dream sequence, mm-hmm. and we already talked a little bit about the, the like <laughs> she's wearing that like Joan Crawford nightgown. Yeah, down. she's really going for it with the white silk. Um, but I noticed that Drusilla. Seems to be wearing the same dress, or looks or like a it. very similar dress. And it's really it's interesting to me the sequence because it's like Buffy is in the white silk and Drew is in the white silk in the dream, and then we cut from the dream to Buffy waking up and like hugging Angel, and then it's like a close up on Buffy's face that fades as close as they could get it into Drusilla's face, ah. and then Drusilla is wearing like a blood red dress, right? right so there's right, just right. a lot of symbolism, a lot of yeah. stuff happening here um, with whatever with who knows who knows what right, it could right. symbolize who can say who can say so the
1: uh the biggest difference between buffy's party and drusilla's party right. uh is that there's music and what song ha- is drusilla currently spinning why it's transylvanian concubine <laughs> by rasputina the goth cello
3: trio wow that's perfect nailed it yeah <laughs> Na- exactly speaking what speaking of hitting things over the head yeah <laughs> um drusilla knows how to throw a party man drusilla's party is like 400 times better than buffy's party they need to take a couple notes from drew i also really want to know which vampire is assigned to lighting all of the candles Mm. i then would like to know what vampire is assigned to cleaning up all of the candles later probably hpv i have um a visceral memory of so i used to work at this restaurant in new york city that's not there anymore it was called park avalon and it was part of the um what is it called be our guest Thank you. It's part of the Be Our Guest restaurant chain, or it was. And they had a candle, like, altar thing, like, right in the middle of the restaurant. And it was one of our jobs every time, or two of our jobs, um, to fill up the candles, all the candles, light them all. And then they would, like, drip down over the thing. And then we would have to, like, pop out the candles and, like, clean up all the wax. It was, like, a whole all thing. All of it? You would have to clean all the wax off that table every day? Every day day it was like a copper base and it was like serious work and when you got to work and you, and they were like you're on sugars you're on this you're on that and you two candle altar we were like oh <laughs> it's a lot of work so when yeah, I saw that's all this, pretty satisfying when i oh you want to you want that job yes i'd like i that will burn job a candle f- for my you next shift I will, I will burn a candle for you every day and let you scrape the wax yay up. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so just saying as i have had experience in candle lighting and cleanup mm. it's no joke right 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 so so
1: they've put the judge together Ooh. and out busts luke luke <laughs> Or the alien bounty hunter from the X-Files, Or the judge, or
3: the judge. Or the judge. Um, But great. I mean, you can see, like, all of that makeup, and Luke just shines right through. He's definitely there. And he's great. And this is great. Um, I I thought this was interesting, too. You know, this, like, whole who um, who is righteous and who is wicked, and that, like, Luke busts... Sorry. The judge busts out of his thing, and he's like, you two, you have, like, humanity in you. What is this affection that you have for each other and this jealousy that you have? Uh-huh. That, like, essentially he's saying, like, as evil as Spike and Drusilla are, they're not wicked enough. Yeah, for yeah, 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 Because they love each other. And that alone right, right, right. gives them a tinge of, like, righteousness of humanity. Yeah. And Spike is like, fuck you. Yeah, I love Spike. love Spike is, like, fully wheelchair bound. And he's like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> like, knocks on his fucking yeah, hell yeah. chest. And is like, uh, we brought you back, so suck it. <laughs> Uh,
1: then he decide- the judge reveals that he is not yet at full power mm-hmm. and he needs to start killing some people. Killing some people. Uh, and oh. who's first to go? Why? It's poor Harry Potter vampire. I
3: know, because why? Because this one's full He's of full feeling. He's full of feeling. He
1: reads. He- oh. I know. HPV, R-I-P-H-P-V. He's gone on to R-I-P-H-P-V. a better.
3: HPV. And then Drew. Oh my God. She is into it. You fella. You know? I do. She, do it again, do it again. Drusilla, you earned your jingle like an hour ago, but finally, the collection of your talents and skills will give you your jingle. Hell yeah.
0: Drusilla, you fill my heart with dread, and still I'm led right back to.
3: Wow, 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 well... Yes. If you want that beautiful jingle as a ringtone, or our Cordelia jingle as a ringtone, you can get both of those on iTunes. We know Via your iPhone. Via your iPhone. And we've been really delayed. We're sorry. Um, We know that Android users want those ringtones too. It is on our list. We will get to it as soon as we possibly can. Um, We'll let you know the minute that that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Before we forget, we need to give a sexual tension award out. Yes. Now, here's my feelings. We've not discussed this previous to right now, right this moment, Jenny, but I, usually we go with... The non-obvious, right? Like yeah, it, usually we do something. But this fun. this is special. This episode is particular, and I I move to give it to Buffy and Angel. I am into that. Okay, I think they really. I think they worked hard. They literally probably have chapped lips. Think of the cumulative <laughs> hours they have spent kissing each other. Yeah, the, every episode they look at us through the television set, and they're like, "This time, guys," and we're like, "Nope, somebody else. But this time." <laughs> This time, Angel and Buffy, you get it. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look for the trophy in the mail. Yes, please do. Um, we got your names engraved on it. It's real special. Like yes. it, it says, happy birthday, Buffy, too, with, <laughs> of the occasion. Um, so Buffy, so this there's a moment that happens here um, where Buffy walks into the library. Uh, or sorry, she's in the library, and she's with Angel, and she turns around, and she's like, I have a plan, and this is the fucking plan. And she like lays out the whole thing, mm. and Giles <laughs> is like, oh, oh okay. And I feel like it's very intentionally put there to underline the fact that Buffy is an incredibly capable human being. Who can make her own choices. Who can make her own choices. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Because, you know, we are dealing with um, television and sex. And the 90s. And the 90s. And I think that they wanted to make it really clear. I mean, we see again and again, of course, that Buffy is very capable. But I feel like this explicit moment of her being like, I own my shit, guys, is really leading into what happens next. Yes. Um, which is a whole lot of boning. Well, but first... But first, but first they, they gotta get wet. They go
1: to Spike and Drew <laughs> HQ. Yes. And the judge smells them immediately.
3: Duh. And Buffy doesn't even wear her trench coat.
1: Ugh. Or her sunglasses. Or, or her disguised
3: sunglasses. Uh,
1: so they're they're captured and brought down, and it looks like maybe they're about to bite the dust. But then... Ooh, bite the dust. Nice one. Uh, Buffy kicks old oh, What's-His-Bucket in the chest. Yeah. And... Angel breaks away enough to uh, knock
3: down the, the chain television that... installation. What? Yeah, that's what? been there for a while. Yeah, no, I know. Why? Is that is like, like are Spike's they into like, into it ex- like you know art? Like is that is Well, like they an were watching um
1: the videos that some the camcorder videos that somebody was taking of Buffy right, but on those TVs at artsy. one point. Right, but it's very it's
3: very But don't you just like picture Spike and Drew having like I don't know, French films on in the background or something. Yeah, yeah, I do. Or like having a live video feed from their bedroom and instead of a mirror, oh my God, instead of a mirror for their sexy times, they use a live video feed on their television installation. That's what it is, Jenny. Oh, my God. I'm glad we talked about this. Thank you. Anyway.
1: Anyway, they escape. They come up through the sewer. It's pouring rain. Oops, we are yeah. all and if wet. And you,
3: if you missed, because we watched the episodes twice, and on the second viewing, like, Buffy and Angel jump down into the sewers, and then it cuts back up to the vampire lair. And Drew had just one line. She says, go. And it is so intense and so <laughs> great. And it made me happy. Thank you, Drew. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So right, they're so in the they, rain. They
1: seek shelter at Angel's place, wow. and Angel says, "Put this on
3: <laughs> and get under the covers just to warm up." Jenny was lying on the floor watching this, and I was sitting on the couch, and that happened. That moment happened, and her hands just came up from the air, into the air, so I could see them, and she did air quotes. Just to warm them up, huh? That was a really good moment. So we have a really special treat. Oh my god, this is so great. Um we have been talking about vampire sex for a couple of episodes now. Ever since Angel explained that he couldn't have children. Mm-hmm. What did he mean? And so we sat down with our friend Carolyn Yates. Uh, Carolyn is the uh, not-suitable-for-work and literary editor over at Autostraddle. She also runs sex, kink, and relationship-related workshops at a camp. She's written about sex, culture, feminism, and gender for Nylon, Bitch, The Toast, Jezebel, The Billfold, and Extra, among many others, has discussed sex and relationships on New York Magazine's Sex Lives podcast and many other radio shows, and conducted the Ultimate Lesbian Sex Survey, a survey of queer women and humans that is one of the largest of its kind. Well, we thought Carolyn might have some input that would Mm. delight us all on vampire sex and sex in general in the Buffyverse. Mm -hmm. So let's go to Carolyn. Yes.
1: Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Can you use your vast expertise to explain to us how you think vampires might bone. Wow, you went with bone, huh? Is that? Sorry. I (laughs) know. Sorry. uh, How can vampires have sex?
4: (laughs) Well, I think it's kind of interesting because without knowing how blood and blood drinking and bodily fluids like actually work in this world, um, besides obviously vampires need to feed by drinking it. And I feel like Spike just has the air of a dude who kind of goes around peeing on stuff. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of fair to guess that vamps in general probably couldn't like have sex with their genitals if they were hungry because then there wouldn't be like enough Ooh. blood to get there.
3: Um, oh. Yeah. Which so a is... we'll so vampire needs a good meal before a, a good boning. So, yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, we're saying the blood like... that they
1: drink is the blood that then flows through their circulatory system and makes their um, stuff... Jenny, are you, are you
3: also an expert at talking about sex? You're doing a great job.
1: Well, I didn't I didn't want to say penis, and I didn't want to say erect, because I'm
3: five years old. Well, I think you're going to have a hard time having this conversation if we can't say penis or erect.
4: That's okay. true. Well, but, like, people with, um like, clitoris and vaginas still need blood to get there to, like, have a good time. Thank God you're here. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's why you have me on here. So, yeah, and I think... Um, like, usually, because usually in vampire lore, sex and feeding are are really tied together, right? But here, yeah, but like, but here, it's interesting, because they're kind of separate. It always looks like they're kind of like breaking people's necks and like happening to like, just like grab a bite, or it's like violent and quick. Um, and have we gotten to the death cult yet, where there's like, the people in like the velvet in the basement and it's like Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So What's the name of the the, su- club? the Sunset Club? The sunset club. The sunset, club. The sunset club. <laughs> And I feel like that's kind of a thing where maybe like vampire feeding is eroticized, but it's not the vampires doing the eroticism. It's like weird nineties teenagers who are like, Yeah, this is this is a great way to solve all our problems. And so right. I think
3: you can I think you can take weird off of nineties teenagers. I think there's just that <laughs> just, was just the general 90s vibe of nineties like teenagers. Yeah. Sure. <laughs>
4: Um, But yeah, so like the pleasure from feeding is more like a killing pleasure than even like a normal like, oh, I ate a food that I liked pleasure or let alone like sex. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also in other mythology, vampires seem like way more hedonistic than here, which is probably a little bit like, oh, a television show, Um, but also a little (laughs) bit like vampires are after other stuff, like the end of the world. Like even when Spike and Drew are super sexy with each other, it's like, oh, this is a great way. And look, then we're going to have a party and everyone will die. And, right. <laughs> and so, like, sexual pleasure is just, like, kind of approached differently. And so then it's sort of like, okay, well, then how do vampires actually experience pleasure or joy? And we know that Andrew can't have kids. But, like, does that mean that he can't have penis and vagina sex? Or does that mean that his sperm is also undead? Or, like, right, as a right. vampire... Yeah, or, like, as a vampire, is it responsible to go around creating, like, half-undead babies? Or Mm -hmm. is that just, like, oh, because you're feeding and creating additional things walking around that are like you by feeding instead of, like, with your junk? Then is Ah. that, like, why he
1: can't have kids? Mm -hmm. Because he, like, doesn't want to... Someone had suggested to us that that it might have to do with body temperature because in order for sperm to be viable, it has to be, like, at a certain temperature. And since vampires are, uh, cool to the touch, they're, like, room temperature, that maybe, um, no sperm created in a vampire body, if such a thing were possible, would remain viable. Yeah, that would make sense, too. Wow. Or maybe he's just, like, really into
4: safer sex and made, like... A responsible decision that maybe as a two hundred year old it would be
3: like Oh my god. Not you got a vamp <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, a vamp sectomy. I'm so mad at you. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> well and you, Carolyn, you brought up too in our in our preliminary conversation around this that like is safer sex a concern for Buffy and Angel? Like do they have to like can can either of them transmit diseases to each other maybe it depends on
4: like how room temperature or if a vampire were to have sex with a human partner with an sti and then go really quickly before the disease or before the infection had a chance to like die or before they took a Ah. shower, then it could like go like how it can travel on surfaces with some of them but like Mm. right yeah i don't know how that would work or is vampirism itself an sti in some because if you're using feeding for reproduction then like and you're spreading wow. vampirism than like how does Wow. That That's
3: deep, Carolyn. <laughs> That's great. That is great. <laughs> wow. Wow. So much to think about. We've already been thinking about how this is all working. Yeah. Uh, and now we have like 75 more layers of ways in which to think about vampire sex. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about another thing, another point that you brought up, Carolyn, because you are smart and you know about sex. Um. <laughs> which is like how you view the character of Buffy um, and like the series and how they treat Buffy and how her character and her character's interest in sex kind of separates her from um, some of the heroines that we're used to seeing. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Oh yeah, totally. Um,
4: So I think Buffy is interesting as a heroine because I think often um, the way that like women identified heroines are depicted is like, oh, you know, other girls are ditzy and like, they care about looking pretty, and they care about their clothes, and they care about, like, boys or girls or sex or whatever. And, like, you know, and then the heroine is, like, strong and stoic and smart and, like, you mm-hmm. know, still pretty, obviously, in a very normative way. But, you know, she's brunette or something. There's, like, <laughs> you know, there's, like, an edge there. And so it's just, like... <laughs> maybe she's wearing glasses. <laughs> maybe she's wearing glasses, even if she also needs contacts, or the glasses are just, like, an aesthetic choice. Like, there's still... <laughs> You know, whatever. But then all the other girls are like, oh, haha, we're distracted by wanting to have sex. And then, oh, look, it's the end of the world. And Mm -hmm. I think Buffy is interesting because she does care about that stuff, but also cares about the end of the world. And which is Mm -hmm. like, obviously such a like simplistic jump, like, oh, wouldn't
3: it be cool if women characters were nuanced? But like, I don't know, it is kind (laughs) of cool. Yeah, I think it is. And and you saying that reminded me too of some place where I have heard this explicitly laid out, which is in Scream. Um, We all know how much I love Wes Craven, so always happy to bring him into the conversation. But, you know, there's this classic scene in Scream where Randy goes through the rules of horror films. And one of the rules is, like, you show your tits and then you die, Um, which I think is rooted in the same thing, right? That, like, if a character in a horror movie has sex, then you know that that, as a female character, then you know that that female character is not going to live um because again just like you said like the stoic strong character the character who might make out a little bit but like button up her shirt a couple extra buttons like that's mm-hmm. the heroine uh that we see especially in horror um yeah. in, in classic horror obviously you're right you know that's been it's been subverted um more times than just on buffy but well,
4: yeah, but then cool. even here like buffy is still painted as like super chase right like almost every mm-hmm. single cuz i just rewatched the episode like an hour ago and i noticed that almost every single shot in this episode possibly in every single one she's wearing like at least some sort of white colored clothing or oh, like yeah. a beige mm-hmm. it's super there's that um in the dream about the judge there's that like super virginial outfit where it's like very very evocative of like oh look how pure you are and yeah. for mm-hmm. no reason other than like oh at the end of the episode she's gonna bone um, <laughs> And I think, too, like, the sex kind of takes place as close to within marriage as it, like, realistically would in this 90s television show about a 17-year-old in California. Because, you know, she, like, she makes the decision before this stuff happens, which is kind of cool. But then, you know, he, like, gives her a ring and they almost lose each other and, like, almost say I love you except then vampires happen. And then they come dramatically back <laughs> together after almost dying. And then they say <laughs> I love you for real and then sex happens. And right. it's, like maybe potentially transgressive that her decision is like oh my gosh Angel just made out with me against the door like Willow this is great I want that (laughs) and then you know the other stuff happens but it's still all that other stuff is still super present in a way where it's like oh are you kind of giving her permission to do this within the realm of quote needing permission to have sex or to explore sexuality or is it like actually transgressive or
3: maybe a little bit of both and we noticed that too we we just watched the episode as well and um there's a scene at the end right before they do it that she like she like takes off her shirt but then she pulls it up like to her neck and I was like Buffy seriously you've like literally she's still wearing a tank top and also she's like you know her general style of dress is like low-cut tops and like whatever so it's it is very different in this scene um I think with her like covering herself up and being like I don't know if I can or I don't know if I should or Mm -hmm. you know those elements are there yeah
4: yeah even though I'm damp from running through a sewer I'm still gonna cling this sewer water
3: laced sweater (laughs) right right (laughs) right right. Um, wow. Well, and so, you know, obviously we're in the middle of two important episodes here. We're at the end of Surprise and we're before Innocence. Um, and we see, you know, they have sex or so we are to believe. I was actually disappointed by the the little amount that we got to see. I know mm-hmm. it was on television, but like, man, I mm-hmm. didn't even see like a pair of pants get tossed across the room. <laughs>
4: Oh my gosh, right? Even though they're holding like extra clothing, none of the extra clothing
0: ends up in.
3: Um, But then, you know, then we see this um, ending scene where Angel runs out and collapses into the alley and he's saying Buffy's name and if our watchers are seeing this for the first time, um, they, they are not going to know what happens. But we know what's going on. And I know that we are going to want to hear more from you later. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that you'll come back and visit us in a, in a later episode so we can talk about. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Spectacular. Great, great, great. Um, Carolyn, you are fantastic. This was so much fun for us. um, And I'm sure that everybody's going to be really psyched to dig a little deeper into vampire sex.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for joining
4: us. Oh, my gosh. My pleasure.
3: Well, that was... Great. That was amazing. Thank, Thank you Caroline. so much, oh. Carolyn Yates. Thank you so much. We um, are very excited to have you back on a future episode to talk about sex more. Mm-hmm.
1: If any sex happens again on this yeah, show. Yeah, I mean, maybe that was the last
3: of it. Maybe that meaning. was the last of it. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, just to have a moment with this scene. I mean, we, we talked about it a bunch with Carolyn, but this, um, this is a big deal. As we talked about, they don't show us a lot. Mm-hmm. We are to assume, perhaps... But this has happened. There's kissing. There's kissing. It fades to white. Yes. To white. To white. Notably. Yes. And then we come back and they are sleeping in bed together. Right. Naked. Presumably well. naked. I mean, Angel is pretty naked. And this is funny, actually. Angel is pretty naked. He's either but he just still has in a, his necklace on. He's yes, he does. He's either just in his undies or me. I think he's I think we see his undies. Do you? I looked for him, but maybe I missed him. I think you see him. Okay. Well He's pretty naked, but don't worry. Before he runs out into the alley. He wakes
1: up in a panic and he's gasping and he has to run out into the rain. But first he puts on his pants, socks, shoes, (laughs) shirt,
3: sweater, and coat. Which is unbelievable. I can't. I can't believe they didn't take an opportunity to have Angel run out in the rain in just his, in his underwear. Mm. Come on, guys. Everybody wants that scene. Give us Hell that. Hell yeah. Do you think they did that take and like couldn't air it? And if so, how can I get my hands on it? Ooh, I would like. I would like to see Angel in his skivvies in the rain. Yeah.
1: We put this question to you, the listener. Anybody got any hot, deleted footage? Yeah. Cool.
3: Um, but yeah, this is... Uh, we're laughing and we're making fun of Angel putting all of his clothes on. But in reality... But something is happening. Something is happening. Something horrible is happening. We don't know what. Well, we know what. But some of you might not know what. Uh-huh. And in this journey, we don't know what. And And I said to Jenny... I can't imagine cuz I didn't watch this live. I didn't watch this television show live and I was like, could you imagine having to like end this and then go a week? And she looked it up. And when they aired this episode, when Surprise aired, it aired on a Monday night, and on Tuesday night, they aired Innocence. So you actually didn't have to wait. Phew. But here in the land of buffering, the you have to singer, wait, you have to wait <laughs> until next week. But oh my god, a lot of stuff happened. We talked about as much as we could. We could have sat here for six hours. This is a big effing episode. Yeah, it's Next episode is a big effing episode. Hell yeah. Um yeah. And we are excited? uh Scared. Scared, we are trepidatious. uh, Yes, but we're excited to journey through it with you. Yes, Um, and and that's a good point to remind you that uh, we want to watch Surprise together with you. Yes, before we go to Innocence next week. So on Monday, April twenty fourth, six thirty p.m. Pacific uh, time. Pacific time. Join us. Um, You just have to be a patron at the dollar level or more. Uh, Support. It's it's a win win. You support our work here. Help us have more time to you know take care of our gigapets and. Hey, it's an important thing. This GigaPet is sad all... Th- this GigaPet pooped. Oh my God, it pooped. Jenny, it pooped. Sorry, I just picked it up. It pooped. I can't get involved. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, and also to, you know, make this podcast better and better, which we strive to do. Strive. And for that support, you also get to join us to watch Surprise together, which I think is going to be a delight. That's going to be really fun. Um. So yeah. Anything else? Did we miss anything? We said the patriarchy. We did sexual tension. My Tamagotchi. I mean, my GigaPet pooped. You guys, <laughs> did you know that Tamagotchi just r- is re releasing as of like. They g- saw Kristen's post yeah, that like, she had
1: ordered a Gigapet on
3: eBay. And they were like, like, we better fire up the Tamagotchi
1: <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> maker. They were like,
3: one girl in California ordered a Gigapet <laughs> off of eBay. I think it means it's time. Yes. Um, so now that Tamagotchis are being re released, but you know what the Tamagotchis don't got that I got? The sweet KFC logo <laughs> on the um, side of there. I have a K. My. my t- Gigapet has a KFC logo on it. I don't know why. Maybe it's because uh, it maybe because Oh my god, maybe it's cuz he eats chicken bones. The cat eats chicken bones. Wow. Okay, anyway, regardless. KFC donated all of their chicken bones to the lives of Gigapets. Okay, got to go. This has not been an ad. <laughs>
1: Um, well, with that, I think it's safe to say I am Jenny Owen Youngs, and it has been my pleasure to serve you this day and all the days. When I'm not watching Buffy, I write songs and record them, and you can learn more about me and hear some of those songs at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering. Yeah. You can also give me a shout on Twitter, at Jenny Owen
3: Youngs. Yeah. Has anybody ever just tweeted a shout at you? No,
1: like, but well, now they
0: will. Now they
3: will. Um, you can find me as well on Twitter at Kristen Nolene, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. Uh, when I am not podcasting about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I am working with LGBTQ young people as well as their families, as well as their educators, um, and just allies in general. So you can check that all out um, on my website, KristenNolene.com, or over at EveryoneIsGay.com, or MyKidIsGay.com. Dot
1: buffering the vampire slayer is on facebook and twitter at buffering cast
3: and you can drop us an email at buffering the vampire slayer at gmail.com As always, you can support us by going on over to patreon.com slash bufferingcast. Uh, You can also support us by going over to our store found on our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on shop and you will find t-shirts. You will find enamel pins. You might even find some new products very soon. Who knows? Um, So you should check that out. And last but not least, go on over to iTunes. Say some nice words about us. We really love it when you do. It makes us happy. makes the world happy. It helps other people find the podcast. Truth. Truth, truth. So those are some ways you can support us if you so choose. Um, you can also just keep on fighting the patriarchy out there. Mm-hmm. It's another way to support us. And yourself. Hell yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: Till next time.
1: Ow!
0: Ow! shot of a low tide, a light in the dark through the mud. I know the closer that you get, the less I shake in the way
2: see one of the hosts of bitches on comics the most welcoming place for lgbtq folks and women to chat comics fiction and pop culture bitches are both wanted and encouraged on our podcast we speak with amazing guests about the media they've created critiqued and loved and you don't have to just take our word for the great time we're having over here we've been named a best comic book podcast by several publications including book riot the mary sue and comic book herald so tune in and listen to us talk with your faves like carmen maria machado Amy Chu, Mari Naomi, Anthony Oliveira, and many, many others. Our whole goal is to include more folks in the comic book and pop culture world and to help new readers find comics and speculative books they'll love, with no shade for being new. You can find Bitches on Comics wherever you get your podcasts, and you can learn more at bitchesoncomics.com.